Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please stop asking me questions. You don't get to know if I'm having a good day or not. God damn it. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. And today is one of those episodes where we kind of wing it because we're both totally strapped on time. And I was gone for a week and that threw us off. And How was it? It was amazing. It was Hong amazing? Hong Kong was absolutely incredible. The, the lack of sleep for like five or six nights was a little rough. <laughs> But, and I didn't think it'd be that bad. Honestly, I thought I would land at 8.30 and it would be fine and I'd go right to bed. And I did go right to bed and then woke up like two and a half hours later, (sighs) wide awake. And I forgot to tell you to pack a mild sleeping pill, which you should always travel with when you... Yes. Yeah. Which I did go out and what did I end up getting? Tylenol PM. Uh, But I think it was, it had gotten to the point between the day of travel... And then that first night of just totally lost sleep that my body was so fucked that it kind of didn't matter. Yep. Gradually, I slept better. My last night, I slept six hours, five or six hours, which was amazing, and then came home, and then I'd started all over again. Yeah. Did you have but bad jet lag when you got home? It wasn't as bad as I thought. I was lethargic, but I slept well my first night. It was just a long day because I left Hong Kong at 12.30 local time, and then landed back in Chicago, like 12.30 in the afternoon, and then landed back in Chicago at 1.30 in the afternoon. So it was kind of like time stood still for 14 hours. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go for the rest of the day. You have to go, yeah. 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 And I was back with Lexton like within two hours. So there was no, <laughs> yep. there was like no recovery period at all. It was just right back in. You know, I've had some of those, some of those trips that I've been on, you know, it's worked out where I just, the jet lag, it never really was that bad. So I thought I was getting really good at it. And this last trip that I took to Montenegro was, was, it was completely and utterly fucked. Um, (laughs) I had to stop. Like no sleep at all? Well, I had to stop at two different airports to get there. And the layovers were ridiculous. You know, I was, I had, there was like a two mile walk in the Frankfurt airport. And then I get there and it's at night, but I couldn't sleep that night. And I take a shit ton of medication and I couldn't sleep that night. And then I was awake all day. Like for some reason, the energy about being there and that I had to give a speech, I didn't sleep, but like four or five hours a night. And then the last night I was there, they were picking me up at three o'clock in the morning to make it to the airport by five to make a six o'clock flight. <laughs> so <laughs> I slept for an hour and a half that night and then had to make two stops on the way back. So when I got home, like, like you said, I was like with my kids immediately. It, it was there's, like, there's no recovery. I, I call it telescoping where you sort of like escape your body and you're like watching 
yourself from afar. <laughs> You're like floating above in the air because you cannot tell where you are or what's going on. And everything's really fuzzy. And yep. yeah. But you just somehow you just keep you keep going. You keep going. And you d- I, I said to Lita and Marlo, mom doesn't feel so good. So <laughs> if you can help her with cereal or help her with her chicken tikka masala, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because the jet lag going there, I, you know, I would only sleep two or three hours a night. But when I woke up, it was like wide awake, completely yeah, wide exactly. awake. Which is infuriating because you're physically wide awake, but you know in your mind that you're totally screwed. Yes. But then coming back, it was like I felt fairly okay mentally, but I was just physically exhausted. And then it got to be, I don't know, eight o'clock at night and I could just feel everything shutting down. And, you know, I tucked Lexton in for the night and I'd been gone a whole whole week. So he said, will you just, will you lay here and we can talk for a little bit? I said, sure. Within two minutes I was aware, like just enough aware to realize that I was saying half of a sentence in my head and then half out loud. (laughs) And he was totally fucking lost. And after about the fourth time, he had to ask me what I was talking about. It's finally like, I have to go to bed. I'm sorry. I want to lay here with you, but I can't. I cannot function. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's rough. That's why I never traveled internationally with my kids. I did not, I mean, jet lag for me was bad enough, but can you imagine jet lag with a two and three-year-old? No. Oh, yeah, when they're that young? No. There's no, no There's no reasoning with a, a jet lag two-year-old. No, re- I mean, there's no reasoning, period, but throw a jet lag in. You're just, ugh, ugh. No, I can't even, I can't even imagine it. Mm-mm. Although I have to say, last last May, when Lexton and I went to Denmark, and I guess he was 12, I was terrified of the jet lag because I knew he wouldn't sleep on the plane. I knew it would just be absolute hell. And we got there. And by the time he went to bed, he'd been up for almost 40 hours, super tired, but he had friends. So he stayed relatively positive. Yeah. He slept for almost 14 hours straight. (sighs) Fucking woke up the next day and was fine. Like better than he would have been at home. Yeah. And I, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I expected fully that he'd be up at three in the morning, that it would be miserable. Nothing, not at all. And then even coming home was the exact same thing. I don't get, I feel like so many different factors that you don't consider contribute to jet lag. So like you said, you've taken these big trips and it's been fine. And then you go to Montenegro and you're fucked. Yeah. Like for, for no reason that you can really pinpoint, but I feel like there's just all these factors that have to line up. I mean, even the seat where you're sitting in the in the air on, on the airplane can factor in. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I have to. I flew economy on the way there, which I'm just, and I know you can relate to this. I'm just too damn tall to sit there. <laughs> like my knees, even if I sit all the way back in the seat, my knees touch. So for 15 hours, that's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. But there was no one in the middle seat. I was in the aisle. No one was in the middle, which was amazing. And the guy on the on the window just slept like the entire time, <laughs> which honestly, fuck him, because I would have loved that. But it made for an easy 
flight. I didn't have to get up at all. Watched, God, like four and a half movies, mm-hmm. which was nice. That's the best part. Four and a half part. movies and yeah. the drinks just keep coming. So, mm-hmm. you know, which could have contributed to the lack of sleep, I suppose. That's probably my own fault. Yeah, we did a little strategizing before you left about which seat to, because, gosh, there's so many, there's so many variables with a seat, too. Because, oh, yeah. Do you want to be the person in the aisle who has to wake up because the person next to you has to go pee? Do you want to be stuck and not disturb the person because you have to go pee? Eh. How far can you recline your seat? Like, and see, I have a, have we talked about this? I have a a principle against reclining my seat in an economy. Do you? Yeah. That's really interesting. We haven't talked about it, but I feel the exact same way in economy. I don't recline my seat because I have respect for the person sitting behind me. (laughs) Yep. hundred percent. Maybe I just have, you know, I have like a a human concern for them because it's because my knees have been crushed over and over and over again by the person in front of me. And so on international flights when I'm sitting in, because I try to take Delta whenever I can on international flights because of I fly so much I can get the Delta economy, or excuse me, the comfort. Oh, yeah. Which gives you a little bit, a lot more space. So reclining isn't nearly as um, disgraceful. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had on the yeah. way back. You have way more leg room. Yeah. And so I if they just, recline, you don't feel confined. Yeah. I mean, I have had someone almost destroy my computer because I had set the computer on the tray in front of me and they reclined and then almost crushed my computer. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm the same way. And even, I mean, I know it's a long, it's a long flight, but there's just no room. There's and, no room. I and have, I have brought this up with a few people who were like, what do you mean? I recline all the time. It's my right. I paid for the seat. And it's like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, the pain, the pain of sitting there and being unable to move. You can't cross oh, yeah. your legs. You can't even cross your feet. Yeah. No, it sucks. And it, it, I mean, yeah, there's that argument, like you paid for the seat, you can do that. That's fine. True. But at the same time, the economy seats hardly recline at all. So mm-hmm. really for the person that's doing the reclining, you don't gain a whole lot, but for the person behind that seat, it sucks. It's like just <laughs> enough to cramp your legs, but not enough to actually provide any more comfort to the person doing it. Hi, Coco. Hi, Coco. How are you? She's, uh, at, my neighbor uses the backyard for her puppy, and I'm pretty ah. sure that she's back there right now using the backyard well, for her puppy. It's good to have Coco weigh in on the conversation. Yeah. So, on the way back from Portland, I was with someone who had never flown first class before. Because I'm platinum, I'm put on a list for upgrades. And oh, so yeah. if, if nobody buys the first class seat, whoever's first on the upgrade list gets a, a chance at the seat. On the way back from Portland, we got to sit on the last row of first class. And have you ever have you ever flown first class? No. I've seen first class for domestic flights, <laughs> but I've never even seen it for international. <laughs> so um just, this is just like an hour and a half flight to Portland and back. But we're sitting there and he's like, you know, this is the first time I've ever sat in first class. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've been running a business for 25 years. This is the first time you've ever flown in first class. And he's like, he's like, he was like a giddy little kid. And he's like, can I recline my seat here? 
And we, oh, were, <laughs> we were the last row. So I was like, of course you can. And I said, you can also order a drink and it's free. And he's like, really? So the, uh, <laughs> the uh, flight attendant comes up to us and she's a black woman. And she says, can I get you something to drink? And it was really early in the morning. And normally I order like a glass of wine or whatever. But it was like seven o'clock in the morning. And I said, you know, I'll just have some water. And he's like, can I have some hot chocolate? <laughs> Oh my, are you kidding me? Oh my God. And she says, she looked at him and she, she, she kind of shook her head and she says, honey, the only hot chocolate on this plane is this. And she pointed to herself. Oh my God. <laughs> that is awesome. And so I, I turned him, I'm like, I said, you can order an alcoholic drink for free. So he's like, okay, I'll have a mimosa. So <laughs> he, she oh, brings, wow. she brings him a mimosa. And he's just like super giddy. He's like reclining the seat, pulling the seat back up, reclining the seat, pulling the seat back up. And then he has another mimosa and then he's drunk. <laughs> no, at like 7.30 in the morning? Yes. Oh my God. That sounds like the best first class experience you could have for a first time. I was just laughing. so. And they had they had TV screens. I was like, why are there TV screens on a flight from Portland to Salt Lake City? It's an hour and a half flight. What? That's not even a movie for no. the most part. It's like you can barely even watch a, a you know, a, 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 a half hour show. Right. But yeah, like first class is when, when you get upgraded, it's like, yes, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. It would totally improve anything. It's yeah. like, but for, for international, it's so expensive. Oh, my God. But then for, for domestic, usually when I fly, it's like an hour and a half, two hours. I think, well, okay, it's more affordable, but is it really worth it? Right. To pay for, I mean, to get upgraded to it, hell yeah. But to pay the extra, I don't know. That when we were going to, when I was headed to Montenegro, uh, the flight from Chicago to Frankfurt, there were a few uh, business class seats open and they said something to those of us in the back for something you can upgrade to first class. And several of us heard $200. Several of us heard them say that. Oh and God, so, that would like, be super cheap. So like three or four of us stood up and like <laughs> I stood up and we like, we, we like rushed to the front and they had said for some reason we mistook $200 for $2,500. Oh, that makes more sense, yeah. <laughs> and then all of us sort of like shamefully walked back to the economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little, that's a little excessive. Yeah. The free, I mean... The free alcohol always amazes me because on international, regardless of class, it's free. Right. And they, they want you to go to sleep. That's what they want. They're like, fuck right. this. This is 15 hours straight. Go to sleep. I don't want to have to deal with you. <laughs> exactly. So I'll totally get some drinks, but I always get amazed with the people that just get fucking hammered and pass out. Mm -hmm. Like there was a guy, Kitty Corner, up from me who had, I, I think I lost count at like six or seven beers. Oh my God. And just kept like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I don't know how he did it. And oh my, I told, I don't know how I forgot about this. I almost took a video. <laughs> this, this plane, I don't know exactly how it worked. There was like a little individual cup holder on the back of the seat, kind of like on the bottom of the tray. So you could just flip that down to hold your drink. Yeah. But then there's the ring in the middle that spins. So your drink doesn't tip if you hit turbulence. Does that make sense? Like a yes. little ring that kind of shifts. Yeah. Okay. That guy 
and he it probably took him I don't know half the flight the first the first eight hours he was awake he put that cup holder down and flicked that fucking ring like a spinner the entire time no he was awake he just watched movies and flicked the ring like over and over and over and over and over and then occasionally he'd close it and i think oh thank god a minute later opens it again just starts flicking it and fl- oh and you're like you want to like poke him and go do you know you're being an asshole stop right, being so an funny. asshole like, i know you can't hear it with headphones but it actually makes noise <laughs> god that kind of shit so then when he passed out it was actually okay that what the deciding factor for me between window, which is what I originally had an aisle was when you mentioned the, are you going to be okay either not getting up to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. or disturbing someone who's asleep to go to the bathroom? And that was what did it. And I'm like, no, I need to get up for one. I need to stretch. And for another, I know I'm going to have to go to the bathroom and I don't want to wake somebody up every hour. Mm-hmm. I drink a lot of water. So oh, it's yeah, like, exactly. I, I just can't. And I know that that is part of it. If you sit in an aisle and you plan to sleep, you probably should have booked a different seat. Like I, it's fine, but I just don't want to have to poke somebody and wake them up repeatedly. Right. Cause I know even the nicest person eventually is going to get pissed off. Well, it's, it's just awkward. You know, it's just a climbing over people and everybody's has their stuff and their pillows and their, their, you know, the stuff that they have under their seat. And it's just awkward. It's, Oh gosh. I, every time I'm on one of those flights and I'm like, Gosh, it'll be over at some point, right? Right. It'll be over at some point. This pain will be over at some point, which is, you know, again, back to, um, I mean, we're, we're, it's, it's an amazing piece of technology that we're flying through the air and we get to go to the other side of the world. And yet it can be such a miserable experience. It can be just so miserable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was the la- both directions. It was like the last two hours. That were the worst, just because you realize you're almost there, but it's still long enough to be miserable. Yeah. And you're kind of burnt out on movies and you don't really know what the hell to do. And yeah, that was rough. That was, that uh, was super rough. And now welcome back to reality. Right back to reality, like right back into parenting. And, and my hospital bill started to trickle in. Your hospital? Oh no. So, yeah. So it's, it's been... It's been a really smooth transition. How many have trickled in? So far, three, I believe. And I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how any of this shit is being calculated or figured out or anything. Because it's just mind-boggling. Because basically, my insurance will not pay for anything. Nothing. However... They will negotiate the prices down for me. So it's kind of like they're paying anyway to a certain degree. But the way that the percentages that things get negotiated are absolutely asinine. I cannot figure out the rhyme or reason to it have at you, all. Have you called them? I haven't yet. I think I'm going to let everything kind of roll in because I know I'm going to have a lot. I mean, I've only received three and these three are probably the smallest three because none of them are for like the actual overnight stay in the hospital or the echocardiogram or any of that. So I'm going to wait just so that I can have, you know, fewer phone calls, hopefully. Have have you received the ambulance? 
I did receive the ambulance, actually. The ambulance is $1,200, mm-hmm. which is kind of in line with what I thought. But that one they did manage to negotiate down. And I don't remember exactly. I think they negotiated it down to several hundred, which is way better. I mean, it's better than 1200 I think it's more like three or something. Yeah. Um, which is good. And that's from like a, you know, any, I, I feel like years ago, all of the ambulance came from the hospital, but now they're all like a separate like third-party contracted service that works with the hospitals. Mm-hmm. So that one got negotiated down. And then I have some weird like outpatient bullshit that's maybe something to do with being in the ER because technically I went to the ER and then was discharged from the ER into the hospital. Oh, I see. But even that I'm not entirely clear on. And none of this is actually from the hospital yet. These are all from my insurance. So they're technically not bills, but they're just letting me know that the bills are coming. They're they're serious warnings. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Actually, I have the I have the papers with me. Oh no, the the ambulance was only discounted down to 750. So that blows, but this is, this is the part that I don't, because you know, when it says on here that they negotiated it down, that nobody did shit, that basically (laughs) they submitted this price to my insurance and the insurance like, how about this price? And they just take it because that's what they do. But one of them, one of these bills is two grand. They negotiated it down to $195. What's two grand? So one of the, I think it might be the, the chest monitor I had to wear for for two weeks like the the processing of it or something that one i can't entirely tell they call it let me let me look i enjoy looking at these it tests my heart which i think is the point (laughs) yes it's for diagnostic services so diagnostic services could they be any vaguer right that could be basically anything that happened from the time the ambulance came until i left right how the fuck do you negotiate it down 90%? That's like getting a BMW 5 Series for five grand. Yeah. Like you walk into a dealer and be like, I will give you five grand for that. And they go, yeah, sure. I am glad. I mean, I'm really thankful, but I just don't understand how it's possible. And then how the ambulance bill goes from being 1200 to 800. Like, <sighs> that's not 90%. Can't you do them all at 90%? It just, there has to be a, some rhyme or reason to it, but I feel like there's none. And I feel like if they can drop it that quickly by that much, they can go further. They can go further. You might. That is yeah. my goal. I'm yeah. going to haggle my medical bills. Are you a good haggler? Haggler? No. God, I'm terrible <laughs> at it. I'm so bad at it. That's the worst part. There are some people that are great. I mean, they'll get on the phone and in five minutes, everything's figured out. I'm not that way. Mm-mm. I'm from the Midwest, so I just apologize for everything. Like, I'm sorry I got your bill. I'm sorry I was in the hospital. I'm sorry I'm calling. And I've automatically lost. <laughs> Plus, I'm not entirely recovered from the lack of sleep, so I feel like calling now would just not really right. pan out. Uh, AT&T kept putting, I think, kept putting a hold on my business account. It was freezing. Like, So me and Lita and my cousin, none of us can make phone calls. So I called them, and for about 10 days in a row, somebody was calling and and a man was calling and saying that he was Heather Armstrong and he was trying to get into my account. And yeah. And each time like I would call and they were like, well, you need a, not just a a pin code. You also need a password. So, and he, so 
the, what would immediately what would happen is if somebody calls and, and is trying to impersonate somebody, they alert the fraud department. So I have to call the fraud department, and the fraud department said, "Okay, well let's let's establish a password." So I gave them the word, and they said, "Okay, next time this happens, if he doesn't know the word, then we know that it's it's just not you." Well, every time they he would call, they would send it to the fraud department again, and it would completely it would like trip like cut off my service again. This happened like 10 days in a row. And every time I called, I was so nice. <laughs> I was like, there is a glitch in your system that is making my life miserable. Please help. And the person would be really nice to me. And then I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I was telling people about this. And they're like, why didn't you scream at them? They're not doing their job. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I've worked with, I've worked with the public before. And when it, when it's your when it's not your problem when it's the, the like this the the system like the company that you're working for has a system in place that is breaking and you have nothing no control over it why should you get mad why why should you be the one that people are screaming at exactly yes yeah. you don't i mean it's not the person in the fraud department necessarily it could be the the rep who sent it to the fraud department mm-hmm. And that could, like you're saying, I mean, it could be the policy and the person who's actually sending it onward is like, oh, God, this lady's going to be so pissed. Yeah. But I don't know what else to do. And that's where I always falter because I know that the person I'm talking to has nothing to do with the inconvenience. It's not like a personal thing. Odds are it's just the procedures. But And that person is working a service job talking on the phone to people all day long. Right. Can, and so I was thinking about this the other day. Like if, if anybody were to say, okay, so we're going to ask like 20 female entrepreneurs, like their best advice for young people entering the workforce, what, what would it be? My advice just to any human being, I think every human being should work some job where they interface with the public for an extended period of time. Oh, hundred percent. I have worked retail and food service. You've worked food service too? Oh Yeah. It's terrible, but it immediately gives you an incredible amount of respect for the people who do it. Like I, from, and this was way back in, I don't know, late high school or early college. And like, since then I consistently tip higher. I almost never lose my patience at all because I know again, it's not them. Yeah. And the shit that they have to deal with on a daily basis is astounding. I always wonder with people with service jobs because I, I worked at, the Great Harvest Bread Company down in Provo next to VYU. You have a Great and, Harvest? I didn't know there was a chain. We have a Great Harvest. Oh, God, yeah. And this huh. was actually the highest performing Great Harvest in the country. Damn. Um, Some volume. Yes. Very, very, very busy all the time. You worked like at the counter? Um, I did everything. Okay. I did everything. I had that job down to a science. I actually really loved it until I was sexually harassed by the the boss. Of course. That's one of my first experiences with that. Um, and you get a free slice of bread when you go into Great Harvest. At least that was the, that used to be the policy, right? Yeah. And everybody would come in and they would go, hmm, which slice of bread do I want? Oh, my God. <laughs> you just sort of, and you're just like, that person is going to come in and they're going to go, hmm, can you tell me which, and, and there's like, 
there's a little card that would say this is the honey bread and this is like the um, sourdough. And they was like, can you just tell me about each one of these breads? As if I didn't have like 60 other things I needed to get done at that right at right. that moment. <laughs> because they just don't have – th- those are also the people that come into a store like three minutes before close mm-hmm. just to look. And then they're there for half an hour. And sometimes I wonder what – sometimes I'm trying to like – be friendly with with a person working a service job and I'll try to make a joke or try to be friendly and then I'll think oh my god I bet they hear that all the time <laughs> I bet they hear that joke all the time shit I was that person shit Heather stop just trying to casually interact yeah yeah and that person doesn't want to casually interact that person is just like please go away oh yeah mm-hmm. they don't want to be there they don't really want you to be there yeah I love though when you have that occasional like server or cashier or someone and you just ask the obligatory like how are you and they give you a totally honest answer yeah like i mean and it doesn't happen often but they just be like oh today is garbage (laughs) really (laughs) tell me about that thank you for being honest my day sucks too because usually it's just how are you oh i'm fine how are you okay and then you stand there awkwardly for five minutes while they scan your shit and and there's also those uh, people who are like, hey, how are you today? Oh my gosh, like I love your coat. And oh, yeah. you're having one of those really bad days and this person has this like countenance that is glowing and, and the whole room lights up. And you're like, oh, thank you. You like my coat. Oh my right. gosh, <laughs> you turned my day around. <laughs> and it's very genuine too with those people. You know, yeah. it's not just because they have to, it's just they they genuinely feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss but i'm always reminded about how shitty people are to people in the service industry when things go wrong for me at a at a store or a restaurant like always in person and the the cashier like apologizes profusely like almost as if they're scared you're going to hit them yes and there have been times I'm like, listen, I know people are really mean. This is not a big deal. Like, I'm not going to speak to your manager. Not angry. Not in a hurry. We're good. Because you can just tell that they're terrified. Like that I'm going to jump down their throat because this minor thing happened that they didn't even have control over. Mm-hmm. And it drives, and I've seen people freak out because of that. And it just drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. If you're in that big of a hurry, just leave. Set your shit down and go. I mean, I don't know. 
Well, with each one of those AT&T people that I talked to, I mean, I talked to probably 20 of them. And, you know, the script at the end is there, like, is there anything else I can do for you, uh, Miss Armstrong? Is there anything else? And I'm always like, you know, thank you so much for fixing this for me. I really do appreciate the work that you do. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Because I used to take phone calls for Delta Airlines back in 1996, 97. That has to be the worst kind of customer service. Oh, it is the worst. It is the worst because people are trying to haggle with you about the price of an airline ticket. <laughs> yep. Actually, they're trying to haggle with you about the price. See, we're making it full circle here. <laughs> they're trying to haggle with you about the price of a first class ticket. Like, right. really? It's that expensive? Can't you just like cut me a deal? And I'm like, um, I don't know if you know how this works. <laughs> right. I'm in no position to cut you a deal on a first class ticket. <laughs> and it's and it's a first class ticket. Like <laughs> come on. Those I, I I wrote I wrote some stories because I remembered the craziest things that people would say. Like there was a woman who called and she asked if she could sit in the cargo bay with her cat. It was a literal like, question. Um like in the <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> the cargo bay. Like, how wow. much would it cost for her to sit in the cargo bay with her cat? And then there was the woman who, in all seriousness, wanted to go from Denver to Hawaii and asked if both of her children, her 13-year-old and her 15-year-old, could sit in her lap. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. The fuck? That's, like, not even physically possible. <laughs> And I started laughing and she kind of started laughing. And I said, ma'am, you know, um, the the child has to be two years and under and there can only be one sitting in your lap, not two. <laughs> oh, my God. There was, I follow a flight attendant on Twitter. I think that's where this was, who had to tell someone that she couldn't put the car seat with her baby in the overhead bin. <laughs> like, the fuck is wrong with people? I kind of want to do one of these jobs. First of all, I need the health insurance, right? Oh, God. I, yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to do one of these jobs. And then I know like, I'm totally contradicting the whole premise of my website. But I kind of want to do these jobs and keep a private blog and keep a private Twitter and just like reveal all the crazy shit that the public does and somehow do it so that it's encrypted and they can't find out it's me. That would be awesome. <laughs> Oh my god! Because there's so much crazy shit. So much. Like it, it just doesn't end. Two kids on your lap, and one of them is like way old enough to have their own seat. Yeah, someone oh, once told me that, like, there was a first class ticket, and it was like eight hundred dollars, which was kind of affordable given that it was across the country. And oh yeah, she told me that she was going to come beat my ass because because it was so what? expensive. Yeah. So she bought it and then said she was no, going to no, come no. beat your she ass? No, no, no. She was just like, it's $800. I'm going to come beat your ass. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Why am I doing this job? Oh. Right, because you set the prices. <laughs> I had to call. I don't know if we talked about this, but when I was in San Francisco this past summer, God, this was so dumb. I booked flights in a hurry um, for an event on Pasadena Avenue, I think is what it was, in, like south of San Francisco. And I just saw Pasadena and I'm like, sweet, Pasadena, California. I've never been to LA. 
So I booked tickets to LA. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> Definitely booked tickets to LA. Realized like four days before I was supposed to go, I was kind of piecing clues together. Uh-huh. That's, I got some email about a restaurant. I'm like, that restaurant is definitely in San Francisco. <laughs> so I looked it up and realized the, the mistake and called. I think I was flying on Virgin. And I got this awesome lady in customer service. And I said, okay, funny story. So I kind of went through the whole thing about booking based on the street name. There's this long silence. She's like, so what exactly do you want me to do? (laughs) Like, well, ultimately I need to rebook. And I'm like, if you can try to make it as affordable as possible for me, that would be great. And she totally did. She was awesome. She dropped, there's like the $150 cancellation fee. She cut it by like 75%. It was, it was awesome. And I think it was because I was nice to her, honestly. Yeah. It was 100% my fault. So here's a funny story. Yeah. (laughs) When you book your flight based on the street name, you get fucked. Yeah. Don't know how I did that. God, that was Oh, my God. The worst. That that and an Airbnb in LA. Are you serious? That had a no cancellation policy. Oh, God. Yep. So I, and I emailed the host my funny story too. Like, hey, kind of funny. Anything you can do? Within 10 minutes, no, that was it. Like that was, that was the whole response. Which again, totally my fault, but come on. The, the worst is when um, there, are, there are fairs called bereavement fairs for when uh, someone dies. And, oh, yes. And you can discount the fair, but you have to, <laughs> in order to get- You have to have a get, death certificate, don't you? You have to have a death certificate. Yeah. And a person going through what they're going through, having to call and arrange and have a death certificate sent to a fucking airline, uh, I hated those phone calls. Like, like anything that we can do to get around this, and I'm like, I, the, the, you know, there's nothing that I can do. And people would, some people were really sweet about it, but a lot of people were just so overcome with grief that they're just screaming. Uh, those are the worst calls. You never Which knew. I, and I get, and the thing that sucks is the only reason you have to have that is because there are shitty people out there right, who lie to get a discounted fare. Yeah. If people didn't lie, it wouldn't be an issue. I mean, I know, yeah, that's like a perfect world. It's not going to happen. But that's what's so frustrating because then the people who really are grieving have to deal with that shit. Yeah. I think you see it all in airline customer service. I think more than probably any other area because- no one really likes to fly. It's not really a good experience and it's not cheap. No, no. So. And when was it? A couple of years ago when I flew, my God, I flew like a hundred and all in all, I flew like 140,000 miles. And I was going to New York in the middle of August and it was the, it was, it had never happened before, but Six planes got struck by lightning while they were landing at Salt Lake City International Airport. Holy and shit. yeah, I mean they're they're equipped to handle that. Um, but what happened is like they they were delaying flights taking off because it kept happening. And I needed to get to New York for a meeting. And they canceled my first flight and then rebooked me on another flight, and then that one got super, super, super delayed. So I just go up to a random gate agent. 
who's just standing there and there's like there's there's no flight at that moment taking off from a gate and I'm like hey I'm I don't know if you can help me and I show him immediately in my platinum medallion card <laughs> yeah I mean, you gotta flash it I flashed it and I was like I really need to get to New York like two flights have been canceled one is super delayed like is there anything that you can do for me and he's like yeah let me let me see so he books me on like this he, he found a flight and then he booked me on it and he looked at me and he said, um, you, the, we, you should get there in plenty of time and trust me, I know who pays my salary. Thank you. And I was really, really yeah, he said that to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like, I know who pays my salary. Thank you. I was like, oh my God, you, <laughs> I, I do pay your salary. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> so much money on, on flights. Uh. But it's, I really think, I mean, I, I, think there is a time and a place when being a total asshole actually ends up getting you what you need, which is unfortunate. But I really think that approaching it from that angle and just being nice, they're way more likely to help. Just being pleasant. You know, like whenever I check in at Delta with my kids and we're checking, we have to go check bags and and whatnot. You know, I'm, I'm as pleasant as I possibly can be. You know, that person is probably been there for several hours and they're going to be there for several more hours on their feet interacting with the public. And again, many, 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 many times, I think they're probably trying to say it, but whenever I'm really, really pleasant with them, they always, you like, have a safe flight. Thank you for being a platinum medallion member. We know who pays our salary. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, it's important. Yeah. What they really want to say is that we thank you for being one of the good people that pays her salary. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to teach my kids how to, you know, interface with the public. And this morning, even, um, my kids are sitting at, uh, having breakfast at the countertop and Marla goes, may I please have a tissue, mom? Can you get me one, please? <laughs> Which I was like, who, who are you? Where did you come from? Cause In normally it's like, too. get me a tissue. Where's yeah. my tissue? <laughs> wow. See, it's paying off. It's paying off. It is. Just when you think that parenting is a totally thankless job, those things happen. You're like, aw, it's going to work. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But teaching them to interface, I think it's it's good that you mentioned that because that's like a totally different, a totally different ballgame. Yeah. Well, I my dad was always, I watched my dad in public. My dad was always very pleasant as crotchety and as conservative and as opinionated as that man is. He was always like, you know what? Always be nice to the person who's serving you. Always be nice to that person. And he would always make conversation and he'd always smile and he'd always ask everybody, how are you doing today? You know, is there anything that can make your day better? My dad would always do that. He told me- a world of difference. (laughs) Although- when I was in, he told me before I went to England, my senior year in college, he was like, be nice to the people over there, you know, like have it, show them that Americans, you know, like we're really nice people. And the thing is, is that people in, in England don't want to fucking talk to you. <laughs> right. They don't, they don't care if you're Shut nice. Shut up. Please stop asking me questions. You don't get to know if I'm having a good day or not. Right. Exactly. God damn it. <laughs> Yep. But you have, but those are the things that you just kind of figure out as you go. And I yes. guess I'd rather be, I don't know, faulted for, for trying to lean in the nice direction than faulted for the other direction. Yeah. I sent my dad a letter and I said, dad, I tried, but now I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to honor their culture. 
and right. shut up. <laughs> right. Just gonna just gonna be over here and fuck off. That's <laughs> yep. ultimately, yeah. That's what it amounts to. But it is it's what you model like more than anything. I mean, you can sit up, sit your kids down and talk to them about it, but it's just what you do, mm-hmm. and they see that. And when I'll be out with Lexton and we'll see someone doing not that, he immediately like will look back at me and roll his eyes or make a comment. Yeah. Because he knows, like, that's just, there's no reason to talk to people like that. We're doing a good job. We are. We are. All of us collectively, we're doing a good job. We, we, again, we need to remind ourselves of that. We're doing a good job. We're doing the best we can. Well, I think we're doing everything with good intentions. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes we might make shitty choices, but everything we do is with good intention. Yeah. You know, that's the best you can do. And if you don't snap at someone after eight hours of spinning a cup holder on a plane, <laughs> good you job. deserve a fucking medal, honestly. Good job. God. If I can survive an 11-hour flight having to go pee and not at the end just get up and pee all over the two people who slept the entire way. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. One guy, the guy who, who slept most of the way, it was... I mean, I was flying, I was flying to Asia. So, and I don't know how much English he spoke. We exchanged a few words, but he would, he would like tap me and tell me that he needed to get up. And I didn't even have a lot. I think I had like headphones on and my seatbelt, but he would tap and tell me he had to get up and then just climb over me. Like, <laughs> it, he wouldn't even give me five seconds. And it was, I mean, the economy seats are small. So everything is just in you. You're, you're right there. Yep. And it every single time and every time as he's climbing over me, I'm like, no, 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 hang on. Hang. Okay. Well, there is your crotch. So I'm just <laughs> going to wait now. Like now there's no sense in moving, but you just, you smile and he wasn't mean. He wasn't like rude or aggressive. It was fine. It was just, you know, I would have done it differently, but we got by. You get by. There's a, there's a different sense of personal space in Asia. Very, very different. Oh my God, there is, isn't there? Yes. There's no bubble. Yes. There's even, I feel like I could walk into an empty room and have there be one other person (laughs) and they will stand like touching you. Yes. It's so, and I noticed that immediately. There were, there were two other people, two clients on this flight with me and we all got picked up by the same like car service and we're standing somewhere just randomly in the airport, kind of the three of us separately. And it was like right up in our face. Mm-hmm. How are you? How was the flight? How are you? Really nice guy. But there was just no, no boundary at all. I like a little bit of room. <laughs> I mean, I got like, there's got to be some room. No, I, I told you I was on a flight home from Hong Kong and the woman sitting next to me pulled up the armrest and stuck a pillow on my lap and put her head in my lap and slept. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. This is an amazing cultural experience. (laughs) Yep. It's, it's very strange. It's a very strange thing to adjust to. Although I have to say we took the, the subway a lot. The, I think it's the MTA Mm -hmm. and the train system is amazing, but we always seem to be getting on the train as like 
kids were getting out of school and going home. And it's adorable because most of them are in like uniform. And we got on this one car and we were kind of staggered where we were sitting. And these two, the four little kids, two boys, two girls, maybe like four years old, if that, in all these matching uniforms came on and just no, no personal bubble mm-hmm. wedged into the available gaps between us <laughs> with their little workbooks for English, like writing cat and dog. Oh my God. Oh, it was. And then we all had to get up and leave before they left and they all waved goodbye. Oh, it was so cute. God, like their little white shirts and little black pants and shoes that are all shiny. Mm-hmm. That was a highlight. And their handwriting was awesome for these little kids on a, on a train. I mean, shit. But I think, too, the personal bubble over there, like, there's so many people. Oh, yeah. There's, there's not, especially in, in Hong Kong. I was in a part of Hong Kong that's the most densely populated part of the world. Something like 130,000 people per square kilometer. And there is nowhere to go. So you just, you have to, you have to get used to people being all around you. So I think it's just you adjust to it because that is normal everyday life. Right. That is one place that I really, really love to explore. It's a fascinating city. Everything about it is fat. And it's a really, I think, I've never been anywhere in Asia, but from my experience being there and then talking to a few people from there, it's a really good, like, introduction to Asia because everything is in English Mm -hmm. because it was a former British colony. So it's super easy to get around and, and read things and see things. And whereas if you go into like mainland China or a lot of places in Japan, the English isn't there, or it might be there for the main things, but not the, the other details. Right. So you can kind of get the lay of the land and learn the pace of the culture and kind of how things work with the comfort of English, which was awesome. Yeah. You would have to try to get lost on that train. Like (laughs) you would have to make an effort to get off at the wrong stop or something. It's just super easy. So you should go 15 hours, well, longer for you probably. Yeah. Like 17 or 18 probably. Mm -hmm. Is there a direct? No. I had to go to Dallas and then Dallas to Hong Kong. Okay. (laughs) I went the opposite direction first. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No, it was it was hard. Oh, was it a long layover? No, we we rushed to make it. Yeah. God, I hate those. Oh, those are bad. Yeah, there's but again, there's no like. I'm glad mine was direct, but there's a part of me that thinks a couple hour layover would at least give me a chance to walk around, and I don't know. Someone who traveled and and met us in Hong Kong flew from Brazil. It was like a it was, it was like a fourteen hour flight from Brazil to Dubai, and then a six hour layover, and then another four to six hours to Hong Kong. Oh God! Oh yeah, that just sounds like absolute hell. Yeah, I would almost rather run to catch the flight than wait for six hours. <laughs> but I probably would not feel that way had I run. When I went to Bangladesh, I flew from here to New York, New York to Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi to Dhaka. Yeah. Good Lord. It was, it, was, it was 30 hours door to door. Yeah. Fun. That's, that's super rough. Uh-huh. Good God. No. I mean, I, I like it. I liked even the lack of sleep. It's worth it. But I, I don't need another 15-hour flight in the near future. No. I'm glad you're home was, safely. 
Me too. Yeah, everything was smooth. Both flights were totally smooth. There were no issues. Everything was great. Both, neither one had Wi-Fi, which I find, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I find well, when it you're over the when you're over the ocean, you can't really get Wi-Fi. Yeah, I, and I figured even if they had it, it would be shit. Mm-hmm. But most planes will at least, like, it's there. You just don't, it sucks. Yeah. But they just didn't have it, period. Although with endless streaming of movies and news and whatever else it's not like you really need it but having the screens there like there's always a clock so you always know the time that is one thing that i can't stand (laughs) i would rather just be completely oblivious because otherwise you just watch it and then you can watch the map you're gonna be fucking miserable yeah yeah yep (laughs) yep exactly but it was good i am home safe and just gathering my collection of medical bills gathering a collection of medical bills yeah make it sound fun make it a game it is i should yeah see what the next bill will be that will beat Poke, the largest like pokemon one cards so <laughs> yes yeah God, but the fact that they're not even bills it's like i have to get them all once and then i'm gonna get them all again mm-hmm. probably from 15 different places clearly because all of the ones i have so far are all from different places oh god yeah and and the same day i got a letter about my premium going up next year to how much it's going up from i don't know 270 to 330 or something 340 which is a pretty big jump for one person with the lowest cost health plan that didn't cover anything so (laughs) that i think is what made it best like not only is your premium going up but here are a series of statements telling you that they're not paying for anything oh god and I know you're facing the same thing. So hopefully yours shakes out not quite as miserably as it as it seems it may. It could, it could, it could cost me more than my rent next year, which I got to figure that out. And your insurance isn't great either. No, it's not. Yeah. Well, we could both be baristas. <laughs> A secret account where I tweet all the shit that people say about their coffee. Yes. Yes. <laughs> God, I've heard some crazy shit as a customer. So we could do it. We could just both anonymously contribute. Mm-hmm. See? Future projects. Always thinking. Always thinking. That's right. Back in the service game. <laughs> but if you, uh, our listeners, have any awesome stories of, you know, 15 or 18 or 20 hour travel, or, you know, maybe sitting in the cargo bay with your pet, or if you, have any, if you have any experience, you know, in the service industry, what are your craziest stories from being in the service industry? Oh, please share those. I love those stories. Yeah. Those are great. And as always, you can you can email those to us at stories at manicramblings.com. Or you can reach out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Manic Ramblings. And until next time. Don't recline your seat if you're sitting in economy, please. It's just a small request from two tall people. Yes, spare our knees. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.